Welcome to the What If Podcast, where we rewrite sports past, present, and future. We're your hosts, Eddie, Jeet, Cameron, and Michael. Four lifelong friends, each with a unique perspective on sports. And find out, what if... QB Brown never coached the 2002-2003 Memphis Grizzlies. So... Basically, the question that I had, and it may sound kind of random, or maybe you guys already see where this is going, but what if QB Brown never coached the 2002-2003 Memphis Grizzlies? So for some context, this is QB Brown. You guys might remember him from, he was a broadcaster for a long time, and he was a coach prior to that. A decently successful coach, and he coached the Memphis Grizzlies in the 2002-2003 season. So to start with, we should talk a little bit about the Memphis Grizzlies. So this is the 2002-2003 standings. You'll see the Memphis Grizzlies are pretty low, 28 and 50 at the end of the season. But specifically look at October, November, the beginning of the season, they started out 2-14. and 14. So they actually started out 0-8. And, and after 0-8, they fired their coach. I think his name was Sidney Lowe. And they hired Hubie Brown. And Hubie Brown at this point was late 60s. So he was the oldest coach in the league. He was strongly considering not coming back because he was so old. He had some medical issues. And that was a big concern with a lot of teams about hiring him was he was so old at that point. There was no Popovich at this point at this age. He was much younger. So Hubie Brown was far and away the oldest. So that was a big red flag for teams. But the Memphis Grizzlies, they were desperate. They were 0-8. So they took a shot on Hubie Brown, and they signed him, and they hired him. And if you look at, for the rest of the season, he actually had a pretty good run. I mean, considering if you start 2-14 and 14 and you end 28-54, you start as the worst team and you end as not the worst team, I consider that progress. So he did okay. And then actually, the next season, they were, they were much better under Hubie Brown as well. So then, as you can see, there's some serious improvements that on thanks to Hubie Brown. So then the question that this is really getting at is the NBA draft lottery for the 2003 season. So if you look at the draft is decided by your 2002-2003 record, and you see that the Cavaliers and the Nuggets were the worst team, so they had the highest chance of getting the first pick, and the Grizzlies were fifth worst, and so they had only 6.4% chance of getting the first pick. The big question that I had is, what if Hubie Brown never coached them? So I said, if we take it back, then you think if they didn't have that coaching upgrade, imagine that they continued their season at the pace of that 2-14 and 14 season. So if you extrapolate their season, assuming that they keep that rate of winning two games every 16 games, then their record becomes 13-69. and 69. So this is what I think their record would be if they never hired Hubie Brown. Of course, they probably would have hired some other coach you can't be a coach and have this kind of record. So someone would have gotten fired along the way. But for the sake of this assumption, say they would have a record of 13-69, they would have a 25% chance of getting the first pick in the draft. And then you'd see how the odds would change. So you would be thinking, well, the Grizzlies, they're probably going to get a high pick anyways. But the interesting thing about this draft was 1997, the Grizzlies, who were in Vancouver at the time, traded a future first-round pick to the Pistons for Otis Thorpe. I don't really know who Otis Thorpe is, but as you can see, 
the only way the Grizzlies would keep this pick is if it was number one overall. So if the Grizzlies got anything other than the first overall pick in this 2003 NBA draft, they would have had to trade it to the Pistons, who at this point were in incredible success. I think they had just won championship pretty recently, and they were on the road to getting more. So the Grizzlies didn't really care about this draft because they thought the likelihood of them getting to keep their pick was low. So imagine if they did get to keep their pick. So this is how the 2003 NBA draft did turn out in real life. The Cavs, Pistons, Nuggets, Raptors, Miami Heat. The Pistons pick was the Grizzlies. They got the second pick, but then they had a trade to the Pistons because of that trade. So then if we go with the assumption that I made earlier, Grizzlies actually had the worst record and thus had the best chance of getting the first pick, then this is what the NBA draft would have turned out to be. You'd see the Grizzlies would get the first pick, then the Cavs, Nuggets, Raptors, and Heat. So what I did was I went back into this draft and I redrafted it based on these teams. So as you can imagine, there was only one result that could come of this. LeBron James. <laughs> so this is how it shakes down. This is in real life that happened. LeBron, Darko Milicic, Carmelo, Chris Bosh, D-Wade. So this is what I think would happen if the Grizzlies got the first pick. I think LeBron, uncontested first pick. I don't think the Cavs would have made the same mistake the Pistons did in picking Darko. So I think they would get Carmelo. Then Chris Bosh would go to the Nuggets. Dwayne Wade would go to the Raptors. And then the next pick after Dwayne Wade, the sixth pick was Chris Kamen. So I think the Heat would have taken him. So these are what I think the draft would be. And then I said, okay, so what would the lineups look like for these teams? This is what these real-life lineups were like. And then if you look at this, I'll highlight some specific changes. So in the Grizzlies, you have LeBron James as your starting small forward. That's a pretty good lineup. Like this is a lineup. Yeah, like this is a young Pau Gasol. Like I think the year after this, he's an all-star. So he's pretty close to his prime. Jason Williams was pretty good. Mike Miller, he became a great role player for Miami, but at this time he was a pretty decent player too. And then Cavs had Carmelo in place of LeBron. So you could imagine basically the same team, except instead of LeBron, you have Carmelo. The Nuggets had Chris Bosh as power forward, and they didn't have Carmelo. The Raptors had Dwayne Wade and Vince Carter. So that's an interesting lineup. And then, oh, I forgot to talk about the Heat. They actually had some interesting future Lakers in Kron Butler and Lamar Odom. But besides that, it didn't look like a very interesting team to me. Moving on. I looked at the champions from 2004 to 2018. And then I asked if this Grizzlies team plays out the way I think it is, how do the champions and the runner-ups change for each year? So this is what I think would happen. 2004, LeBron James' first year in the league. I don't think he would have been able to go to the finals at this point. I don't think anything would have changed. I think Detroit would still beat the Lakers. Same thing with the next year. I think San Antonio would still beat Detroit in the finals. But then the year after that, it was Miami. And keep in mind, this is Dwayne Wade, Shaq Miami. In this reality, Dwayne Wade isn't on the Heat. He's on the Raptors. So I think Detroit, who were, I think, second place in this year in the East, I think they would go to the finals instead. And I chose that they would beat Dallas. I don't really know how that would turn out, but it's a realistic possibility. In 2007, Cleveland didn't have LeBron. So I think, again, Detroit, they still have a solid team. I think they would 
go into the finals, but San Antonio would still win. And then at this point forward, this is when I think that LeBron and Pau Gasol team up would become dominant and basically become a dynasty where the Lakers, keep in mind, would not get Gasol. The Cleveland and Miami would not have LeBron ever, so they're kind of out of contention. So I think Memphis would get pretty close, but then lose to Boston. Then Memphis would go on a run. Then I think OKC would actually win that 2012 championship because Miami wouldn't be there. and They had a really good team at the time. And then Memphis would keep on winning. They still LeBron and Pau Gasol. But then I think they'd meet their match in Golden State because Gasol would be pretty old at this point. And I don't even know if LeBron would still be in Memphis. So these are the questions I have. If Dwayne Wade wasn't in Miami, would Shaq have gone to Miami? And if not, where would he have gone? Would LeBron stay in Memphis? Would LeBron, D. Wade, and Bosch still have teamed up? Would Kobe have stayed in Los Angeles if Gasol never showed up? Because Kobe notoriously had very little help for many years. Would LeBron be the GOAT if he had five championships, according to my calculations, at this time? And so this year, he would be going for number six. So those are the questions I have for you guys, and I'm very interested to see what you guys think about that. Wow. I'm not going to lie. Whenever you, I first saw that you were going to do this topic, I had no idea where this was going. Really? As soon, as soon as I saw, like, the records, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. I was going to say, gee, I mean, I know, like, you love the Phoenix Suns. You can name the Phoenix Suns back in the day. I thought there was, like, a similar track. Like, some way, somehow, you just love the Grizzlies back in the day, too. I didn't know where you were going to take it. And that is that is the wild one to think about LeBron James not going to like the hometown Cleveland Cavaliers. That is crazy to think about. Yeah, that's interesting because you're influencing the movement of all of those players going to different teams. Yeah. Like the decision is different. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron going to Miami. And like you said, Shaq. I mean, Shaq was a big part of that Heat team that went to the finals in 2006. Man, that is a a crazy one. The West would have been insane because they have San Antonio and Memphis and OKC. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good question, G. I think, like, first glance, I would think that, again, like, you're talking about LeBron, like, that we know today, and he's such a big producer and global figure that I think that he would probably still end up in LA. I don't know when it came around around the time when he moved to the Heat. I'd be curious to see if he moved, you know, one of those teams that Dwayne Wade was on. Dwayne Wade was on the Raptors. Yeah. So maybe he go him and Chris Bosch go to the Raptors. You don't know the the intertwinings of their relationships and everything, obviously changing the course of history like that, but I, w- I would imagine that it would have gone something similar to what it did now. But it also makes me wonder, like, if Memphis would have been a better organization than Cleveland is. Because Cleveland, I mean, LeBron carried Cleveland's whole organization on his shoulders for how many years? So, you know, maybe Memphis was a little bit better suited to handle his superstardom. And do you guys know who the GM of Memphis was at this time? Any guesses? Steve Kerr. No. Jerry West. Really? Oh. So I think he would definitely have known what to do. Yeah. 
that's like an interesting point. I can't believe that they almost got the first pick still. They got the second pick. Yeah. They actually got really lucky that year, even though they didn't get to keep it. But, like, their odds weren't that good. You know, um, when we did this whole what if, I think I misunderstood. Like, when you posed the question, I thought we'd do research on a particular thing. Like, we take a particular lens or look at a different lens. For example... For this question, like, what if Hubie Brown didn't coach the 2002-2003 Grizzlies? I was focusing solely on Shane Battier. Wow. And I was focusing on how he would not be considered, like, a glue guy. Because I think he's, like, the quintessential glue guy, you know? Because, like, when Hubie Brown, when he came to the team, he improved the team defensively. I think in that 2002-2003 season, they I, – I think I did research on 2003-2004. That was a season I did, like, a lot of research on. And that was a season where they led, like, everything in all statistical categories. Like, they were first in steals in the league. I think they were, like, second and third and like, turnovers forced. But when, when Hubie Brown, when he took over in the middle of the 2002-2003 season, like you said, they were 0-8 before he took over. And at this time, like, Shane Battier was the starter. He started in his rookie season all games. But, like, right after Hubie Brown took over, Shane Battier did not start anymore. Like, he didn't start for, like, eight or nine consecutive games. He wasn't, like, not dressed or he wasn't injured or anything. He just came off the bench. And then that's kind of what you think about. Like, a lot of glue guys, they come off the bench. You know, they provide a lot of spark, a lot of energy. And... I think if it wasn't for Hubie Brown, like, taking him out of the starting lineup and, like, you know, him being, uh, like, he led the team. Shane Battier, not led the team. He, like, I looked at the defensive win share statistic, which is, like, it calculates how many wins a player contributes based off of their defensive plays. And, like, Shane Battier was, in the 2002-2003 season, he was in the top two. And then 2003-2004, he was top four. So, yeah, that's kind of what I looked at. I just looked at Shane Battier the whole time. So you think if Hubie Brown hadn't been the coach, Shane Battier wouldn't have been as good of a player as he ended up being? Yes. He essentially wouldn't have been as good of a player as he would have been. I think he set the blueprint on how to utilize Shane Battier, kind of. And he affects the, uh, the Miami Heat team as well. He yeah. does. Yeah, so I think to answer your other question, does LeBron stay with Memphis? I think he would stay with Memphis as long as Shane Betty is there because he does a lot of the intangibles. That's super interesting that we could take the same question and then go in very different directions with it. I, I like that a lot. But yeah, not to detract from what the, the questions that you've posed, G, these are very good questions. I'm just really impressed because I, as soon as I like figured out what you're angling towards all I could think about was LeBron would he stay in Memphis and what would his teams look like in Memphis and would he still be there but I mean you tied in like the draft and everything and seeing how like Dwayne Wade who has won multiple championships and Chris Bosh who has won multiple championships and even affects like Kobe in LA and the Detroit Pistons and you know all those teams in the east it affects all of those guys because that draft would have completely been flipped upside down. 
I'm impressed that it was so widespread. I didn't even consider that. Thank you. Yeah. I kind of knew that I wanted to do a Hubie Brown. No, I, I knew I wanted to do What If LeBron Got Drafted by Someone Else. And I wanted to do What If the Pistons Got the First Pick? Because I knew the Pistons were the second pick, but what if they got the first? And then they just have like a continued dynasty for the early 2000s. But then I looked into it and it was like, they wouldn't have even gotten to keep him if they had gotten the first pick. So it was like, it opened a whole different rabbit hole. I'm curious on the last question. Would LeBron be the GOAT? So gee, with your hypothetical, he wins five championships. He's in the Western Conference. What, Jordan won six, correct? Yeah. What do we think? Like, I'm also curious because once Golden State entered the picture, you didn't have Memphis winning at all at that point, even in those earlier Golden State years when it was just Steph and Clay. And then when you think about hypotheticals, it's hypothetical on hypothetical. So does Durant still go to Golden State? And does Dwayne Wade leave Toronto? It's, it's a lot of fun to play with this, but at least for the GOAT question, what do you all think about that? It's already a large conversation, but I think you would have to think about LeBron definitely having more of a shot. But I, I do bring this up as well. The Western Conference randomly has been much better than the Eastern Conference. And LeBron playing in the Eastern Conference for most of his career made it to the finals every year, basically walking through the Eastern Conference and then playing a really good Western Conference team. So going from that angle, does he make it – how many finals in a row did he make, like 10? Like, it was, an, it was an insane number that he made. And I think part of the reason why is that the conference was not as good. He was not playing as good competition in the Eastern Conference as he was. So you don't know if he is going to be making it, you know, to the finals all those years that he did. I think that's what the big debate is, like, I mean, he's been in the finals how many times? Like, he hasn't won as many as Jordan, but he's taken teams – more often carried teams to the finals and put up valiant efforts against way better teams. Man, what a what if. And if OKC had won that one championship, like I think they could have, well, for one, that would have broken LeBron. LeBron could have gotten six in a row if they hadn't done that. And two, if they did win that, then wouldn't you think that maybe Durant and Harden would have stayed, or at least they have a better chance of keeping them all, in which case, that's another team. So you've got fully loaded OKC. You've got Memphis with LeBron and Pau Gasol, a rising Golden State coming up in the wings, all in the same conference. Who knows where, like, Shaq winds up or Kobe's in his prime. Yeah. Well, San Antonio. I mean, San yeah. Antonio, as little as we talk about them, they were yeah. the dynasty. And that's a good point, Cameron. Like, do they even get out of the West? Memphis does with San Antonio. And even Dallas, like, late 2000s, early 2010s. Like, those were the teams to beat. Good question, G. I like it. Very uh, good question. I had a blast. It was so much fun just, like, thinking about all this stuff. Thanks for listening to the What If Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Stay tuned as we continue to reimagine the world of sports.